came to play. I came to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I came to play. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. Tony Shebecki with you and joining me, of course, my regular co-hosts, Welshi and Lyle. Hello, boys. Very good, day, Tony. You're coming live from your hospital bed, I can see. I am coming live from my hospital bed at the Etworth Rehab Centre in, uh, in Campbell. And just to clarify things, I am in rehab for a knee injury. Not for anything else. <laughs> but having been anyway. you guys for a couple of years, no one would actually be surprised if I was in rehab for anything else. No, no, I'm rehab from Lyle anyway. Is he going to talk or? I'm waiting for you to introduce me. You've I been introduced. Welshie and Lyle. Yeah, but you, you, you didn't say, oh, how are you going or anything? You look oh, comfortable, you though, Tony, laying hey. down on your hospital bed. Uh, you yeah, I'm going good, mate. A little bit of heartburn. I've got a little bit of heartburn, mate. If um, if you want to feel sorry for me, I've got 127. Um, so- I've got 127 stitches in my leg, and you're worried about bloody heartburn. Well, to have a heart, to have heartburn, Lyle. Jeez. <laughs> you do look comfortable laying down, Tony. I am envious at the minute. Uh, let me get up. Hospital beds are not comfortable. Uh, anything <laughs> but. How I many more days you got, mate? Hey. How many more days you got in there? I uh, hopefully get out of here on Sunday, so another four days. Oh, okay. Up, up walking and doing all that sort of stuff. So it's quite amazing what they do. They actually, there's no stuffing around. I had the operation at 10 in the morning and at four in the afternoon, a physio was around and said, come, let's go for a walk around your bed. <laughs> You're kidding me. I just want to lay down, mate. She said, you go for a walk around the bed. I'm comfortable here. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did on the weekend, guys. Well, I, um, I went to a wedding, a good friend of mine's wedding. I was actually the best man. So, been obviously nervous all week because of the speech and stuff like that. Was it a good um, speech? I reckon it was going to be a cracker. Uh, I had it just perfect. Um, we got to the reception center after the ceremony, we went up to the bridal table. JJ Ferno was in my seat. No, <laughs> not on the bridal table. On the bridal table, sitting next to the groom. Was he dressed appropriately? Having a crack at the bridesmaids. Oh, that's in okay. his wrestling gear. No, what? Well, he didn't even put worse. a suit on. No, it gets worse. I had to sit on the kids' table. Oh, uh, nuggets no, and chips. Oh, Everyone else eating nuggets, steak. Nuggets, nuggets and chips. chips. That's, that's no good. That's no good. Anyway, I didn't even get to give my speech. JJ Ferno got up, gave a speech. So <laughs> he stole your thunder. Something needs to happen between you guys. I think there needs to be a, a mediation yeah. or something. I don't know. But, um, but did he even know the bride and the group? Never met them. So I don't they know how to speak. invited. No. Well, that, you, they claim they didn't yeah. know him. They let him stay. Once, yeah, once JJ Ferno mm. puts his, um, he gets his way. I'll tell you what, guys, it was a pretty interesting week, wasn't it, with the Facebook stuff and all those news services being dumped. And uh, I can't believe that we actually survived being the fantastic news service that we are. I don't think it's a good thing, Tony. What do you mean? I'm disgusted that we stayed up. And what do you think of it? Well, think about it. Like pseudo news companies like the Herald Sun came down. Like I haven't read a news article on the Herald Sun's website for years. It's all mm. about Beck Judd and who who Nadia Bartel's dating this week. That's not news. Super coach. I see Andy Coyne and and um, Snapmares came down. We're still up. Are we not a news company? I'm disgusted. You're actually right. They're not taking us seriously. Yeah. No. No one out there. Maybe, may, maybe we're going to get um, closed down in five to six days because that's normally our news cycle. No, bugger that. Um, you know what I'm going to do? Gone. I'm going to go organise us a new service. They will All right. take us, what now? Leave it with me. They will take us seriously as a news service today, okay. as of today. Today? Well, you're going to do something today. Leave it with me. He's got nothing else to do. He's laying in hospital. I'm, He's meant to be recording the show. Yeah, you can. You can have a chat to Joel, and I'll be back shortly. All right. 
Like you've it's underwhelmed like, me so many times. I don't know, I don't know what, what to expect. Well, I know that originally we were meant to have Andy Coyne on and he was a last-minute withdrawal. And as they say, if you've got to make a change, make it someone better. We've managed to do that. We have from Deathmatch Down Under, Joel Bateman. I think this hey, is Joel, the first time going? I was, yeah, not too bad, fellas. I think this is the first time I've been on here where I actually am hailing from somewhere and representing. I'm not just a nameless, faceless human being. But uh, it, it's good to be here. I'm glad I could replace someone like Andy Coyne. Um, it, it sucks that he can't be here, but I'm happy to have a word. You know that. So. I left the space for Lyle to talk and he didn't, so I'll talk first. He um, looks frozen. <laughs> let's uh, have a chat about obviously the unfortunate um, situation where you had to cancel your, your show the other week. Um, take us through the lead up to the decision from the government. Well, so we started to see the cases coming out of the, um, the Holiday Inn uh, outbreak with the UK strain. And we kind of then went, okay, like we, we've seen the States lock down very quickly with our first show, we lost Shazza McKenzie um, to New South Wales when they had their outbreak and we're, you know, Victorian locked down very, very quickly. So we weren't super strangers to it. And then we lost Adelaide pretty much immediately, which was Steph Delander and Michael Weaver. So we went, okay, we've got to rewrite those matches. And we did, and the card was good. And then we heard the rumors, you know, press conference coming tomorrow, five-day lockdown. Oh, no. Um, because, because as we were saying, you know, uh, before chatting tonight, you know, so many of us have put so much mental energy into whether it was promoting or performing or anything like that to then have to change gears so quickly for that to not happen was a massive deal. Like it, it, it really threw me around. I know it threw, you know, a lot of the interstaters around. Um, even though they were focused on other things because they had a show that night. Like, that's the quickest I think I've seen a show pulled that close to showtime. Like, we were within 24 hours. So then it became a mad scramble for all of the extracurricular vendors. So, you know, our production, making sure that our interstaters and the flights, you know, that we didn't lose, you know, a couple of thousand dollars in travel and all that was salvageable. Um and we were able to manage to do it. And then everyone just went, okay, I'm sleeping for the weekend. I'm knackered. Because mentally, it was just so exhausting. I was uh, in conversation with a number of uh, the workers from your show during the Friday morning. And um, the conversations quickly went from tomorrow, let's do this, tomorrow, let's do that, to, oh, fuck, it's over. Um, people don't understand how quickly those things changed. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I was out shopping for, you know, weapons and stuff. I, I was out when the press conference started because um, I'd had the day off work to get everything ready. And uh, I'm spending all this money and I stopped and I went, hang on, there's a 50-50 chance in half an hour. None of this is going to matter. Maybe I'll go get a coffee. And I got a coffee and I watched the press conference on my phone and went, well, all right, fuck. Okay. <laughs> it is what it is. What's, what's it like... Uh mentally being well, two weeks almost two weeks away from the show being cancelled what was that what's it been like afterwards like do you just move on to the the next show scrambling or you give yourself a bit of time to just like take a deep breath fuck you know that's that sucks but we do have to move on or you know what, what's the mentality i'm really lucky that we have such a great team because like for myself and a couple of other members of management who are also performers really knocked us around. Like I've been trying to organize this match with Charlie since before, you know, we'd announced that we were a promotion um, and we've all said publicly, we don't know how long we have someone like Charlie Evans in Australia, you know, like if the world comes good, she's gone and we might not see her again for a really, really long time. So having dedicated so much energy mentally to getting prepared for the match and you know this is my main event spot where you know the other fellas main evented the first show now i've got a headline and i've got to got to step up there's a lot of mental preparation that goes into it more so than physical prep and for that to like i said to go away 
so close really mentally knocked me about and I'm only just kind of starting to be able to refocus now because I have been so scattered since and it's been you know almost two weeks now but having such an amazing you know uh, management team there are people there to pick the slack up when others are knocked around or not feeling it or out of spoons or whatever analogy you want to use when yeah you know one of us falls down and goes hey I can't do this tonight I'm mentally spent there's other people to pick it up which is um we're really lucky to have um putting yeah, your the, performance the incredible at, sorry okay. uh, just the, the incredible highs of that first show knocking it out of the park all the buzz online you know iwtv and then yeah straight into the second show and it gets cancelled because of fucking pandemic so it's a roller coaster from just from show one to show two yeah i, I couldn't imagine the mental ride that would be. Putting your performer's hat on for a second, Joel. Yep. Um, you've been a bit of a loser in a deathmatch down under. It's fair to say. Um, now, your main eventing this week, if you don't win, where does that, where does that leave you? Well, Sorry to be so blunt, mate. It's all right. Uh, it's, it's what you guys hang your hat on. With my performer hat on, yeah, losing sucks. Um, I'm 0-2 for Deathmatch Down Under and I'm the guy flying the flag for Deathmatch Down Under. So if I can't perform in the clutch, like I dropped the match to Guido, that's fair. That could have gone either way. Dropped the match to Damian Rivers on the secret show, should have beat him. Um, don't know what happened. Wasn't my night. But this match with Charlie, this is, you know, like I said, me stepping up into the main event on the big show against a world-class talent who doesn't do a lot of death matches. So experience wise, I've got the edge. If I drop this match, it puts me back to the start. It puts me to the bottom of the pile. If I'm the one getting all the singles death match opportunities and losing, then I shouldn't be getting the singles death match opportunities. I should be, you know, doing the tags with the guys who want to cut their teeth at this stuff and leave it for the more, you know, big money players, you, you, you know, your triple A ball to be headlining the major leaguers and I'll go back down to the minors for a little bit. Um, it must eat you up because, you know, this has been your passion for a lot longer than people even realize. And this promotion has been edging away in the back of your brain for years. Now it's come to fruition and yeah, you've just dropped the ball a couple of times. It's finding that balance between, I really love doing death matches and I've got a platform to do death matches and winning death matches. There's so many, I'm giving out mental participation awards in my head. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be in this position. I'm happy to finally be doing what I want to be doing and not focusing. You know, I lose the forest for the trees a little bit when it comes to my in-ring stuff. I, like I said, the Guido match could have gone either way. The Damien Rivers match, that's definitely what happened. I was too caught up in the moment of putting on a show in front of, an audience that I know and are friends with and got too caught up in enjoying the moment as opposed to trying to win the match. And you're wearing too many hats. You're wearing too many hats. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, yeah, like that match, I ended up, you know, I got a pretty bad cut on my shoulder that's only just healed now. If the show had have gone ahead when it would have, I would have not been going in at 100%. I would have been going in with an injury because, again, like wasn't focusing on the task at hand. Took a bit more battle damage than intended. So, yeah, I wearing too many hats is probably a good analogy. I haven't sat there and really analysed it, which, you know, being, what, at this point, a week and a half out from a rescheduled match, I kind of need to start focusing my efforts a little bit more on the performer side and less on the organiser side, but... Well, you know, you you got it going. Hey, you you're losing too much on a nationally recognised podcast and putting me on the spot is probably a pretty good catalyst for me to kind of change my mental focus. Thanks, Welchie. Yeah, sorry, mate. Well, if you I need, need if you need any questions. help, if you need any help behind the scenes while you are getting mentally prepared for a main event death match, Tony is across everything. He's Mister Organisation. You know, he's ran a promotion before. Well, look, Tony, uh, if you want to sit there with a hot glue gun and glue four and a half thousand thumbtacks to the board that's sitting at the back of my house, you know, that'd save me, you know, 45 minutes well, to an hour if you're offering. He's got nothing else to Uber do. to the hospital. He's got nothing else to do. Yeah, I just saw that Tony's in the hospital. <laughs> um, 
you guys put a call out to, for sponsors for a new ring canvas. And I know that we're appearing on the ring canvas as one of the sponsors. How was the response to, to that? Well, I mean, as a promotion, swapping hats back to the organizer side, you know, we pride ourselves on being transparent. So going and saying, hey, look, you know, we fucked our canvas up. Unsurprisingly, we put a bright white canvas on a deathmatch show and it lasted one event. Shocker, right? But we we went to our fans. Like I said it when you guys came to the media day. I, you know, every time I talk to you is whether it's on or off air, I say it like, I don't know what we're doing, but it seems to be working. And I'm constantly blown away at the level of support and how far that support goes. So in that sense, I, you know, and I mean, there's things like we sent out an email with the card changes to the fans two or three days before they were announced publicly because we wanted to be transparent and not think that we're baiting and switching anybody. And, you know, people have paid tickets for a card and the card that they're seeing is going to be different. We don't want to think that we were trying to screw them out of money. The canvas thing is in the same vein. It's, hey, we need a new canvas. You guys are as much of this thing as we are, whether it be the performers or the promoters or whatever. The fans are as much of the show as we are. So if you guys have an Instagram or a podcast or a you know a youtube channel or a twitch stream or something that you want to promote if we all chip in you guys can sit on the canvas for as long as it lasts and it's a black canvas so it should last more than one show um and you guys were you know 1a the the second i put the post up you know you guys sent me an email and went hey we're keen to be a part of this and you're prominently featured and you know there's a bunch of other amazing people from all over the country and you know outside of the country who put their hands up and went hey you know we'll chip in as well so that's kind of you know you guys are literally a part of the show now you're a part of the product both you know metaphorically and now literally so we'll always do that with our canvases you know it's a smart way to do it because it's big in um other sports like boxing and mma and um in japanese wrestling um are you surprised that more people haven't done it before? And do you think more people will do it now that you've sort of done it? I've already seen one other company do it since. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that company do that. That's interesting. Um, Yeah, I hope so. I think post-pandemic, post-Black Lives Matter, post-speaking out, I think the rose-tinted glasses are off the professional wrestling industry. We all just kind of need to be honest with each other this kind of stuff, you know, we're directly connected to the fans. The fans are smarter than ever, you know, so wrestling promotions need to be as transparent as ever. We can't pull the wall over the eyes of the people anymore. And what's the point when we're doing it for them? So if other companies are doing it and they're being honest and going, Hey, you know, if you want to sponsor us and, you know, help be a part of our platform and get more people's eyes on your products. Great. There's, there's no harm with doing that kind of stuff, you know, because sponsorship in Australian wrestling for the longest time was, you know, your brother's dad's mate's dog's towing company would chuck you 50 bucks or, you know, six rolls of gaffer tape and then they'd have to be on the ring apron and get plugged before every match. But with, you know, social media being so prevalent and the fact that none of us got to leave our houses for seven months, you know, the amount that we use the internet now to communicate and to advertise and to get stuff over is more prevalent than ever. So stuff like this, I think, you know, more people will do it. More people will come up with different ways to do it. Um, I'm excited for it. You know, if we're all working together, a rising tide floats all boats. Like we're all in this together. We're all trying to put together a niche market of a niche industry in the middle of a pandemic. So if we don't all work together, none of us are going to succeed. Hey guys, I'm back. I was able to do it. I've been able to get the new segment up and running. I am so excited. It's going to happen. In 15 minutes. Mate, you don't know that you don't know the strings I had to pull to get this up and running. Wait for it. It's coming up. We're in the middle of interview, Tony. Sorry, I oh, know it's not about you. We're in the middle of an interview. In the middle of the interview. I'm jumping in to say congratulations to Joel on that first death match down under uh, episode. Not only on TV but also live. I didn't unfortunately get the chance to go there, but fantastic to have a organisation such as Deathmatch Down Under down under do so well first up puts a lot of pressure on you though doesn't it because yep. it sort of <laughs> sets the bar and sets the standard <laughs> that you've got to keep rising 
We were very, very, and still are, touch wood, very, very nervous uh, for sophomore syndrome. We don't want the first show to be the proverbial home run and then strike out on show two. We, uh, and with the date postponement came card changes and the card that will air in a week and a bit is pretty drastically different to the card that we were originally planning on airing. I don't think it's a worse card. I just think it's a different card. Um, but we've put, we've put more energy and effort into this show than we have the first one. But the level of success we saw off the first one, you know, blew even our minds knowing we had the expectation of knowing what IWTV was going to do. But what we ended up doing, you know, was far and beyond anything that any of us had expected. Mm. The You've got some really, uh, really cool matches announced for this second show. Um, in the, you got the super heavyweights, you've got Gore versus Ugg, which is a throwback to that first um, No Ring show uh, from last year before the world fell apart. Yep. And um, you've got Royce Chambers versus Murdoch, which is an interesting one. That match has been playing out through promos and there's a, there's a really cool story there. I've really enjoyed watching both of those guys come into themselves with this match. When we got the opportunity to bring Royce into the promotion, we said, who do you want to wrestle? He said, Murdoch. And we said, why? And he was pretty candid for why. And he's laid that out in promos and stuff. My, our booking philosophy is always straight line. It's pretty logical. And we knew that if we're going to have the singles match and we had that secret show come up at the, uh, the start of February, we went, okay, well, if you guys have a singles match, let's do a tag team match so that you guys can get a feel for one another and kind of get a bit more of an expectation of what the other one's going to expect come what was going to be the 13th. They had an amazing tag team match. It's on IWTV, but Royce, as arrogant as he was, like he sat down and did that pre-show interview that day and, you know, said some really, really offensive things about Murdoch. Um, my favorite line was, yeah, he wakes up in the morning and realizes that his girlfriend's a better wrestler than he is. That cracked me up. Um, <laughs> but he underestimated Murdoch and Murdoch put together the magic combination and Murdoch pinned Royce in the middle of the ring. Well, I, um, I know Royce really well and I've never seen uh, this side of him, to be honest. It cracks me up. He's, I think this is the side that he's been holding back. And I think it's, you know, one of the more genuine sides of Royce. Yeah, um, it's nat- it comes natural to him, that's for sure. Exactly right. So, you know, he's to be a rapper. Only at the end of that, Tony. Hey, he was only at the end of that, Tony. Oh, you know, he used to be a rapper. Well, yeah, sort of in his backyard. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah so uh and the other one you've got mark davis um coming out which is really exciting for everybody so davis having having done zilla for this show was happenstance so the original plan was we were meant to run the 13th of february the day before valentine's day with the velocities versus lightspeed express and then on that night we had a promo video that was going to announce Dunkzilla for the March date uh, and had a completely different singles match organized, which I won't tell you what it was because we'll probably run it again someday soon. But due to the postponement, like we had looked at potentially running, you know, this weekend, we looked at potentially running the 27th, but the issue would have been then trying to make the March date up. We would have started clashing with our friends um, and with other companies in Melbourne. And we didn't want to do that. So we decided to assimilate the two shows together. But what that meant was we had all these people coming down from Sydney, as well as having Dunkzilla on the show as well. So we kind of ended up a bit cluttered. And after now two shows kind of going to shit with border closures, we're, we're a little bit gun shy. And our biggest fear with the tag tournament and that really amazing tag match that we're able to put together is doing the tournament with the two New South Wales teams and having the borders closed between this show and the next show, and then not having a final, and then having to do alternates, and you know, we we just wouldn't be delivering as advertised, mm. and that's my and that's my biggest fear. 
And ultimately, Lightspeed Express and Velocities, if we lose either of those teams, there's no other team in the country that can replace Lightspeed Express or Velocities. I don't care who you are. Um, so we made the really hard choice to pull the New South Wales guys out of the tag tournament. But we, we've, you know, again, Robbie's one of those guys. We don't know how long we've got Robbie in Australia for. You know, it's, he's contracted to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we knew we had Davis. We wanted to keep Robbie in the, in the singles role to, to use him while we've got him. Those guys have a lot of history. You know, if you go back through the books, Dunkzilla's last match before he went to the UK in Australia was Robbie Eagles. And Dunkzilla's coming back off, you know, a really serious knee injury. This will be his second singles match back off an of injury, his first being the night before for our friends uh, Wrestle Rampage in South Australia. So it was kind of the perfect match and the best match we could book to kind of make up for the fact we can't do the Velocities Lightspeed Express. Yeah, and then there's um, a lot of guys getting their opportunity as well. Like um, a friend of our show who we interviewed on our very second show, I believe it was, or third show, and he was a 15-year-old who just started training. Um, he turns 18 the day before your show and he's making his debut. Yep, exactly. So we have a wellness team or we have a code of conduct that says no performers on our show under 18. Kid Valiant turns 18 the day before. Um, so, and he's someone we've had our eye on for a little while now. So yeah, you know, we had to pull two teams out, three teams out. We, you know, we lost Charlie Rose and Katie Lux as well. Same thing with the border closures. Um, it sucks that we lose Charlie Rose and we'll be really happy to have them back, you know, down the track. But we had to go local for this one. Just in case the world goes to shit, we still want to be able to deliver as advertised. So Kid Valiant um, is an amazing talent. Zane Zodiac was, re you know, did really well in that tag match against teaming with Royce Chambers uh, on that secret show that's now on IWTV. So I think they're going to be a great team. Um, their wrestling anti-deathmatch party, one of whom I really like, the other one I can't fucking stand. And then, <laughs> yeah, Mitchell Wright drives me fucking nuts. Hector Jones, I have a soft spot for Mitchell. I can't stand. Um, but is 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 Mitchell is um Mitchell brainwashing Hector? It seems that way, unfortunately. But what can you do? <laughs> Look, hopefully they lose. We don't have to use them again. Um, <laughs> fuckers and then on the other side you know raw beef did really amazing on that first show and they, they were one of the big talking points coming out of um wolves in january everyone went holy shit these guys are awesome and we didn't originally have a spot for them on sandcastles because we didn't want to shortchange them when it came to a match and then you know we had the opportunity to kind of restructure the tag tournament we went who else but raw beef and you know um it's really cool to have atlas whitaker back you know he's very much a Atlas and Darcy are both kind of journeymen of Melbourne wrestling who don't really get the opportunities that I personally think they deserve. I watched Atlas wrestle at an independent show, you know, towards the end of last month and was amazing. Um, it was really, really cool. It's the best I've seen Atlas look. So super and excited. Darcy, Darcy's really good. Yeah, exactly. Darcy's one of those journeymen, you know, he's been around for, you know, a number of years now and has, good to great matches everywhere he goes and for whatever reason doesn't get the opportunities afforded to other people so i'm super excited to give them the platform to do whatever they can to succeed you know they've been given the platform now all they've got to do is crush it and i have no doubts that they will now i know a lot of things in wrestling are kayfabe and if you can't answer this question then don't but could you please tell me the substances alcohol and food that are available in your creative meetings when you're coming up with names for shows um, so the names for shows, there is a spreadsheet of about 150 names for shows that we flick through and go, nothing was this, out of bounds. Nothing, ah, uh, the C word's out of bounds. Okay. The C word and the new F word and the, the R word are out of bounds. Um, so you'll never see them in our show names, but we kind of went through and we were looking and there was... There's a lot of breakfast themed ones because what will happen is someone will get on a tangent like Smashing Sandcastles is the name of a beer from a brewery in like the northeast of America nice. because I was just flicking through random breweries in America and stealing their beer names and whacking them into the spreadsheet 
And then on the day we named that show, that was the one we decided to go with. But Not Here to Fuck Spiders was one of those ones that was put on the spreadsheet, you know, on a, on a whim. And then we revisited it six to eight weeks later and went, what do we want to call the next show? Not Here to Fuck Spiders? Well, we're not here to fuck spiders. All right, well, that's the name of the show. Done. I, I think that's that's a great name for the uh, IWTV. I think the Americans are going to be blown away <laughs> by, 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 by what the hell is this? Yo, Australia is so weird, and I think that's going to come across great with the uh, when it pops up on IWTV for sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun to explain, and we might even put it on a t-shirt to be completely honest. Well, I'm actually wondering <laughs> it's coming up as not here to f star star k. Will that how come up in the title? Well, there's been nowhere that censored it yet. I thought Eventbrite, when we put the tickets out, was going to make a censor, and they haven't pushed back yet. So I can't see anywhere that's going to have a problem with it. I can't see IWTV having a problem with it. No, I don't think IWTV is going to have a problem with it. So I'll I'll push it as far as we can go. Uh, Although some (laughs) we've uh, spoken to some uh, friends in the media who, yeah, have gone, is that really the name of your show? Yes, it is. You're allowed to censor it. In in that spreadsheet, how many uh, Simpsons references are in there? Ooh, uh, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of Simpsons references now that you mention it. I'll forward it to you when we're off air and you can have a, a read through and you can pick your greatest hits. There's a good chunk of Simpsons references in there. There's a lot of music references in there. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of the Thick of It references. There's a couple of Doctor Who references and a lot of Australian yeah. slang. I, I remember going to a wrestling show in Hopper's Crossing at my gym. Um, oh, no. Yeah, you were there, and there was I can't remember the show's name, but it was, uh, it was, it was um were you saying boo or boo earns? That I, that's it. I named that show it's as well. <laughs> yeah, I know I knew you were there. I knew there'd be Simpsons references in well, the I, uh, so, so I named that show. We also did Scott Platinum versus the World. Yes. Yeah, th- lots of stuff like that. I've just opened the spreadsheet now. I'm just having a look. That's where Wash Your Hands came from. For the for the secret show, it was just oh, someone said, "Wash your hands." All right, put it on the spreadsheet. Oh. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> well, yeah, wash your hands is very apt at the moment. Well, that was what we were thinking, but some of the other ones on here are like peer pressure from dead people, um, caveman sounds. Put another shrimp on the barbed wire. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Got to do something to keep busy. Yeah. Nothing gold can stay. You know, ethically sourced violence, ethic- I think I said. Yeah, too. ethically sourced violence is on here. <laughs> um, but then there's stuff like the goggles do nothing and everything's coming up Thrill House. So, <laughs> your Simpsons references are definitely uh, in there. Fantastic. If, when you go with the Simpsons reference, the price has got to be in dollary dues. Yeah, from the that price Australia has to be episode. In dollary dues. But if we ever do another Simpsons show, and the original plan for the Platinum show was we were going to hit up Gumtree and buy a really shitty brown couch. Oh, not yet. <laughs> I think and... TNT had one going at one stage. Oh, God. <laughs> I've already brought that Australian wrestling merchandise. That's memorabilia. That's in my memorabilia room. <laughs> hey, Joel, it's, oh. from a fan's point of view at the moment, and I'm sure you're feeling it as well as a, a promoter and a wrestler, we talked about how exciting it's been to be involved in Melbourne wrestling in the last couple of years, but this year, it seems like everyone just had a, a year to be able to recharge their batteries, and they've come back in 2021. Everyone just seems to be so invigorated from the, the promoters to the wrestlers to the fans, and it really is an exciting time. PCW are doing some great stuff with what they're doing with Fight TV. You guys, with your first show, proved that you you know, genuine contender for being a great show on a on a regular basis. MCW came back with their first show. It, there's some really good stuff and good creative yeah. stuff happening. Oh, PWA I... are on fight, and you know, PWA are on fight, yeah. and I know that um, EPW uh, their last show was incredible, and they've got that up for free as well. I think we all had the time to sit back and take stock of where we'd gotten to because it felt like in the last couple of months before the pandemic we'd kind of plateaued as a country yeah do you know what i mean with the exception of like you know pwa had kind of um roots to go over and i think they had a couple of matches for wrestlemania weekend booked 
on one of the collective shows. But outside of that, we'd all kind of gone as far as we had. You know what I mean? PWA had had Liger um, at the end of 2019. And then, you know, not long before that, MCW had uh, Naito at MSAC and, and got that massive house. Grand Slam, 2,000 people for PCW. We'd all kind of done it. And then everything shut down and we were able to take stock. I said to a friend of the show, JXT, the other week, I said, I've got the same buzz as what we all had 2017. Yeah. Just as Okada got announced when we saw that unprecedented growth for not just Melbourne wrestling, but Australian wrestling. I feel, and he agrees, and other people I've spoken to on the similar length, it feels like that again. It feels like we've got this opportunity, namely being where the only Western country at the moment who can put out fresh pro wrestling in front of a live audience. You know, the US are doing studio mm. tapings. The UK have just come back doing studio tapings. Japan have, uh, have had crowds, but, you know, we're putting on shows in front of... 100 200 250 live fans who are allowed to cheer and get involved and create an atmosphere for an audience and i don't know about you guys but i've struggled to sit through all the pandemic era stuff because there's no fans there's no atmosphere and and i find it really difficult to sit through so i feel that while we've kind of got this time to catch up we have the chance to to bring more eyes to the country and, and to expand a little bit more you know, the entire country coming out of the back of the pandemic is so hungry for live entertainment. You know, we sold out our first show, Sight Unseen, within two weeks. You know, MCW have sold out both of their shows that have gone up. PCW is doing amazing numbers. Uh, and everyone's delivering. No one's yeah. promising big and then falling short. Everyone is knocking it out of the park. MCW's homecoming show looked great. Uh, I love the new way they set up Thornbury. PCW have been kicking amazing goals. Um, you know, PWA are doing live on fight, which, you know, a couple of years ago, Australian wrestling doing live international shows, Amazing. fucking unheard of. So yeah. the fact that, you know, we're all doing this only a couple of months coming out of massive lockdowns, I can't wait to see what the rest of the year is because unfortunately it doesn't look like the rest of the Western world are going to be doing, you know, live wrestling in front of massive crowds for at least a couple of months. And outside of Florida, it's going to be much longer than that. So I'm really excited to kind of see what's next for Australia for the rest of 2021 because we've kind of got again it's unprecedented times we have an opportunity now that no one's ever had before so it's all about who's going to capitalize yeah that's very well put hey boys do we have any listener questions for John well we've Uh, got them but they were for Andy Coyne oh Oh, we can ask them anyway I guess I was going to say I'm not going to put on an offensive British accent but go for your life (laughs) forget that segment Next. <laughs> no, no, no. Give me the questions. I'm just not going to put a British accent on. Okay. What, what, is um, the, what, is, what is the biggest difference from commentating in the UK to commentating in Melbourne? Uh, I'm going to go with the accents. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> um, as someone who is not an officiato of deathmatch wrestling, how do you cope with calling the more violent form of the genre? Uh, I've spoken to Andy about this and he calls it honestly. He swears and he freaks out and gets really uncomfortable and forgets what he's doing and then forgets to turn the mic pack back on when he comes back from intermission after being traumatised from a live death match. Um, what's the feedback been having um, the proper British accent um, with the death match wrestling? Is that a question for me or a question for Andy? <laughs> um now for you i think we're done with listener questions excellent uh the the feedback on the commentary was great like i'm super lucky to have you know an amazing wife who's not only like super passionate and supportive of me but you know was a wrestler for a couple of years and you know we, we are a gender neutral country company but um so we try and put you know a female voice forward where we can and having jess on commentary she did amazing that night and then i agree having, hand on heart you know i would put any commentator in the country i can only think of a handful of other commentators you know on the planet that i'd put over andy when it comes to being able to tell a story so we all you know we have the ron swanson mentality you know (laughs) whole ass one thing don't half ass two things so we went we need a great play-by-play person 
there's no better play-by-play person in the country than Andy. So, of course, we were going to go with him. Yeah, if you can get the best person, you get the best person. Yeah, and they, they did an amazing job at the first show. Um, technical difficulties aside, again, Andy forgot to hit record coming back from intermission. So, so that's something hey, Tony would do. Well, again, kayfabe's uh, Jess and I had to re-record the commentary on our couch a couple of days after the show because we got told, hey, there's no commentary for this barbed wire match. Was that meant? And I said, no, they forgot to press the fucking button. But, uh, yeah, when, they, I, when, I, when I watched the show, like, I figured that must have happened. Yeah, but also they couldn't hear each other. They're, no one told me that they couldn't um, hear each other. They didn't have a line out. So they did great not being able to hear each other. And then again, not having the the fourth fort to not put a giant gusset blade board directly in front of the commentators. They also had never called together. And that yeah. must like that must make a, a difference as well. Um, Tony, you'd be able to comment on this. You used to be a, a caller when you haven't called um, a sport with someone before. Yeah. That first time could be some teething issues and I didn't notice it. Yeah, no, this is hard. You're right. It, uh, calling a lot of uh, calling when you're doing teams of two or three, whatever it is, Rapport becomes a very, very big part of it. And, uh, yeah, if you've never had that situation with someone, it comes eventually towards the end of the, the, the show, whatever you're doing. But, uh, yeah, to start off and, and have that from the start is a credit to both of them. Sure. You've only commentated on fake sports, Tony, like gladiators and car racing, so it doesn't really matter. No, he hasn't. He used to commentate wrestling. I did AFL footy for four years. Yeah, it's a fake sport. Yeah, but rest you've done wrestling. I've done wrestling. Over the I, well, I'd probably consider myself over. the second best play-by-play commentator. <laughs> and if Andy's number one, <laughs> no comment. Am I the third, Tony? Sorry, am I the first? No. <laughs> for a commentator, Welsh, you make a great backstage announcer. That's for sure. No. I'm an excellent backstage announcer. All right. <laughs> Time to let you go, Joel. Thank you so much for your time, mate. We always appreciate it when you join us. Love having a chat with you guys. It was good to talk to you. Um, take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you next weekend. Yes, you'll see me. Yeah, I'm hopefully... Not Tony, he's in hospital. No, well, I'll be out by next week, so hopefully I'll be there. Hey, it could be, could be a good uh, thing. I've already got the, the crutches. We can do a hospital death match. That's fine. Yeah. Like... I'll bring some nurses with me. I'll ask them if they want to come. Bedpans and syringes. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you bring all the bedpans and syringes. You brought nurses into it. Maybe really uncomfortable, Tony. I've already stocked up all the drugs, so I'll see if I can do the bedpans and syringes as well. Yikes. Joel Bateman, thank you for joining us right here on the Turnbuckle. And welcome back, everyone. Part two of On the Turnbuckle this week. And boys are very excited and a very nervous Joel Bateman uh, with what's been happening around Deathmatch Down Under. Yeah, uh, he obviously is a little bit nervous because of COVID and bringing people across the border and having to cancel the last show. Um, But a lot of big things coming up for the company. Yeah, the highs and the lows of such a successful first show and then having to postpone the second show. Yeah, it's well, heartbreaking. I told you, boys, I was excited myself and I've gone and done it. I had, what, half an hour to get it together, but I've finally gone out there and got us a newsreader, a very own On The Turnbuckle newsreader for our super serious news segment here on The Turnbuckle, which will make sure that Facebook stand up and take us seriously as a news organisation. Cop that, Zuckerberg. Exactly. Zuckerberg, Frydenberg, Zoidberg and Iceberg, all of them will be spewing that we have got Eleni Thomas with us as our On The Turnbuckle News. Ready to go, Eleni? G'day, 
Tony, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here as the news reader. Um, we've got some awesome news in the wrestling world, so very exciting times. We have too. Let's get straight into it. You've got some uh, news about the Miz and uh, that second championship win for him. Yeah, I sure do. Very exciting for any fans of the Miz. Um, I do happen to be one of those people, and so. The Miz has finally won the WWE Championship for the second time in his career, stripping Drew McIntyre of the title by successfully cashing in his Money in the Bank contract at Elimination Chamber. Many fans took to Twitter to voice their surprise at the win, of course, um, with the angry Miz girl meme resurfacing as a result. However, 10 years since that iconic reaction, Kaylee, the face behind Angry Miz Girl, recently expressed her admiration for The Miz. During an exclusive interview with Sports Keter, Kaylee stated that, I personally think he's one of the best on the roster. I know it's a big change from my opinion 10 years ago, but I love him when he's a heel champion. I think he's got the personality for it down to a T. Well, you won't get, you won't get too much argument off the boys here on the show. I know, Welsh, you're a massive Miz fan, and I'm wondering whether you feel that this uh, second championship might be 18 months too late. Yeah, I thought they should have probably pulled the trigger on him when he was super hot after he dropped that promo on Daniel Bryan, when he was super angry on uh, talking smack. Um, it's interesting timing because WrestleMania is coming up. I don't see him being the champ at WrestleMania. They've, he's got that um, feud started with bad bunny. So um, cool that he's got his second title reign, but yeah, strange timing for me. 10 years between title reigns. It's uh Shows his longevity in the company, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a very good point. I was surprised to hear that you're a Miz fan, Eleni. Yeah, well, it's funny um, because I think I'm very similar to Angry Miz Girl in the sense that um, when I was younger, obviously, he was such a great heel, you know, going up against the likes of John Cena. As you can imagine, I was a huge John Cena fan 10 years ago. So I think, yeah, as I've grown similar to Angry Miz Girl, I've realised that he's just a fantastic heel. So I'm... Very happy for him. I hope that he does keep the title. Um, it would be great to see him at WrestleMania, but yeah, I, I can't see him holding on for that long as well. Well, we won't see the WWE champion on the AEW video game, but the AEW champion, Kenny Omega, says that there's one coming out very shortly. Yeah, so um, for video game fans and wrestling video game fans, this is really cool um, because current AEW champion, Kenny Omega, revealed a potential re release date for the upcoming AEW video game. Uh, during an interview with Alex McCarthy of TalkSport, Omega stated that in a perfect world, give it about a year's time. We're working really hard and we're lucky to have two teams, one in America and one in Japan, working on this almost around the clock. So if this estimate is correct, this would mean that the game would likely be getting uh, released in the first quarter of 2022. Exciting, boys. Yeah, I mean, there's been uh, a bit of a, a hole in the video game market with 2K not releasing this year. Battlegrounds came out, but, you know, it wasn't really a wrestling game. Um, so, yeah, it would be cool to have choice. And I basically buy every wrestling video game, so I'll probably own this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having Kenny Omega. He's, he's, a, he's a big gamer in the industry, so if he can put his fingerprints on it to a wrestling simulation that he would like. I think that'd be good for the fans. And with 2K having a lull in the last couple of years but with their WWE games, yeah, with all the glitches that were on Twitter and stuff, like AEW, perfect time to strike if this game comes out quick enough. There's some uh, word coming out about what the main event for the next uh, Impact Wrestling uh, event. Have you got more on that? Yeah, I do. Um, so according to Dave Meltzer in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter, the main event of Impact Wrestling Sacrifice, which is scheduled to take place on March 13th, will be a title versus title match between Impact World Champion Rich Swan and TNA World Heavyweight Champion Moose. Uh, the match, which Meltzer stated took place during tapings in early February, will result in Swan winning both of the titles. And Melter further speculates that this match will form the foundations for Swan to then face AEW World Champion Kenny Omega during the Rebellion pay-per-view in April. Well, if Dave Melter said it, it must be right, Lyle. My friend Dave Melter. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Lyle spent five minutes together. with him in a bar 
at uh, it wasn't five minutes. It was dinner. Well, he had dinner. I was drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I met him a few times at the wrestling as well. Um, this is great for Impact, obviously. Uh, hopefully brought up to the AEW level. Personally, I think AEW are taking a step down by going to Impact, but it's good. It's good for Impact, I guess. Um, Rich won. I don't think he's on. Kenny Omega's level, but if it helps raise the awareness of impact and it's a good working relationship, yeah, good luck to them all. I've only got into Impact Wrestling in the last couple of weeks, while she when I realised that there was a uh, an app on my Android TV that I could actually go direct to their website and watch videos, which is fantastic. Now you're a fan of anything you don't have to pay for. Correct. New Japan Wrestling, Eleni, uh, what have they been reporting? Yeah, they've actually got some sad news. Um, so for any fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, they recently reported on social media that after medical assessment, Hiromu Takahashi's left pictorial injury will leave him out of action for an estimated six months. More information will follow. So that was a social media post uh, made a couple of days ago and Takahashi was injured during a tag team match on the 19th of February and has not wrestled since. Uh, so he was scheduled to defend his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on February 28th against El Fantasmo, but due to his injury, will not be able to do so. Uh, so the company has not yet stated what they'll be doing with the championship belt while Takahashi is recovering from his injury, uh, but definitely some sad news for fans of Takahashi. Yeah, and you're one of those, Noel. You'll be uh, spewing about that. Oh, definitely. Um, obviously... You know, was it 18 months ago he, you know, had the the neck injury, you know, broke his neck and had a long time off, you know, unfortunately now another injury. I think it's probably the worst time for New Japan because he's been the face of the Super Junior division. Um, it drops off really quick after, after Hiromu. So, I don't know, do we start a petition to get Robbie Eagles over in, to Japan, quarantine for 14 days and just take over the whole division. Um, can we wait till we get to see him wrestle in Melbourne in a couple of weeks first? What? Yeah, all right. We'd be a little bit selfish. <laughs> Fly out from Melbourne. To- I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll have a word to Robbie tonight through his wife in oh, my little your, group chat oh, while we watch maths <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and see if we can uh, get something going. But no, look, there is a huge hole in that um, in that division. Um, maybe Robbie can fill it. Hopefully. Maybe Gino can drop some weight and fill it. Well, maybe he's been trying. He's been trying. <laughs> Gino would be a super, super junior, wouldn't he? He's super, super <laughs> something. Super commentator. That's what he is a super commentator. Is. There's no doubt about that. And before we let you go, Lenny, you've got a story uh, that appeared on Steve Cole, Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, podcast. Yeah, um, well, I love the women's wrestling and I'm a big fan of Sasha Banks. Um, And so on Stone Cold Steve Austin's recent installment of the Broken Skull Sessions, uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks spoke candidly about why she needed to take five months away from WWE after WrestleMania 35. So when asked by Austin why she needed the time, Banks said, I didn't even know who the hell I was, how I was going into work, how angry I was going in, how sad I was. I was not the person that I dreamt to be. And what I found really interesting about this interview was that Banks also went on to reveal that when she originally asked Vince McMahon, she'd wanted to take a step back. His initial response had been no. So I thought that was interesting and quite on brand for Vince McMahon, to be honest. Uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> Nothing surprised me with that. Oh, I am. Yeah, I think, um, did she ask to have a break or leave originally? I'm not sure, but... Um... Yeah, he definitely said no to whatever she did request. And um, that that's a, a really good interview. Um, I really enjoyed it, having Sasha be so candid um, and open about, you know, the issues she was having, the depression. Um, imagine not ever hearing your name for, for years. You, you don't hear Mercedes. You only hear Sasha Banks. You don't see your own hair colour. It's always purple for your character. Um, that would play... Um, that would wreak havoc, I would have thought. Yeah, it was it was raw in parts. I think um, 
Steve pulled it off well by addressing her as Mercedes every now and then during the interview as well. And um, oh, yeah, yeah, when she had the time time off, like she couldn't even answer if she still loved wrestling. Yeah. At the time, which is yeah, that's crazy for someone that such a drive from ten years old that it was I'm going to be the best in the world. Um, yeah, it's very raw in parts. Sneaking over to Japan while her break was off to do a bit of training in a Japanese dojo was great. And then, yeah, coming back and, yeah, she's full of confidence. You know, she knows she's the best of the division. And, yeah, it was a really good interview. Well, she definitely is the best because everyone has their best match against Sasha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good luck to her. And we hope she has a long wrestling future ahead. Eleni, fantastic work. Considering I only asked you to do this half an hour ago, you put together a great news bulletin and uh, you made me look like a king. So thank you for that. Will you join us again next week for a super serious news segment? I absolutely will. And I'll be sure to have even more serious, super serious news for you guys. Good on you. Lenny Thomas, our super serious newsreader, joining us here for our super serious news segment. Boys, let's get into the rest of the Australian news. And uh, well, it's not just Australian, I don't think, but well, there's a bit there. Progress Wrestling returning with the show on WWE Network. Yeah, um, and it was tough to watch. I'll give you the hot tip. I got through about half of it, got up to Millie McKenzie's match, and I feel like um, the Progress British Wrestling and Progress really loses a lot not having the crowd. Um, the crowd's such an important part of that show that it really it wasn't good. Yeah, I um I actually didn't realise it was on, but I tried watching it. Uh, I watched the first match, uh, the opening, the start of a progress show without Jim Smallman in the ring as the host really loses a lot. He's um he's not a but character. Why do you need a host? Why do you need a host without a crowd? No, no, oh, I understand that. But That's what yeah, I'm saying. Well, the host took away from it wouldn't the experience have, yeah, because probably, there was no crowd. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have worked with Jim Smallman either. I think it's just jarring for myself being an old Progress fan to not have Jim there. And then there was zero atmosphere. It was really, it was a hard slog to get, just get through the first match. Um, hopefully, yeah, it's their first time back in, oh, oh what, a, a year? Um, hopefully they make some changes on the run and the next show including better, i guess including with including backstage bit of controversy there as well with uh well, yeah paul robinson yep. being backstage so yep uh yeah no not the guy from that. neighbors tony he's left himself on mute sorry yeah, I, no. I was only on mute because the lady was just asking if i wanted a cup of tea the trolley lady at the hospital came around yes Sorry, yes, thank you. A cup of tea, please. And the bit, the biscuits along with the marshmallows. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Tony, Great. you muted yourself because you were eating a biscuit. Don't lie. There was no lady coming to your room. You were eating a biscuit. <laughs> Which a lady brought to you. Uh, yes, I know Paul Robinson from Neighbours. We could maybe get him on. No, that's not, that's not who, that's oh, not who right. we're talking about. Yeah, he doesn't want uh, to be associated. PCW on the weekend. Well, what do you think? I really enjoyed it. It's probably my favourite Ignition show that I've been to. Um, show flowed really well. There's some really good matches. Um, Royce Chambers and Sammy Falcon had an absolute classic. If you get a chance to check that out on the PCW network, I would say it's well worth your time. Um, the, the match told a story. It was basically everyone was talking about it for the rest of the night. And then Ricky South versus Mark Cage was also an excellent match. Um, Mark Cage's last two matches have probably been among the best from him that I've seen, which has been really good. And Ricky South, it's a joy to be able to finally see him in Melbourne. Lyle didn't attend. No. How come? Uh, Shoot or you want me to make a joke? No, I had a, I had a, a funeral on Saturday, unfortunately. Okay. I was going to make a joke, but Maybe no. one of my friends might listen to this and I, I don't want to make light of the situation. But <laughs> I had a funeral on Saturday. Um, yeah. But it's good to see PCW going strength to strength. You know, consistency. 
going to draw more fans in. Uh, JJ Ferno was on the show as well, which was good because my seat was safe. Did he? Oh, he didn't take my seat? No, no. No, Danders took your seat. Oh, that's right. At least least it didn't go to waste. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, We we spoke about the Facebook thing at the start. Jimmy's, I can't believe that Australian companies, wrestling companies, lost their Facebook pages. Yeah, and it's actually affected our um, our run sheet for later in the show because I missed um, one of the one of the shows from a company whose page is still down. But I'll um, I'll fill you in on that when you're doing it. Um, yeah, so PCW, MCW, and PWA all lost their pages. I believe MCW and PCW got it back. PWAs are still down. Um, and Andy Coyne, um, who was meant to be our guest today, uh, he um, he's lost his Snapmares page as well. They got it back for a second and then it was gone again. So I think the government's back down, so they should be back soon. Well, we do thank Mark Zuckerberg for uh, negotiating with us in regards to getting Australian Wrestling News up on the, uh, the, on the turnbuckle page, so we thank him for that. We know we dealt with some uh, serious news corporations and we're uh, happy to say that we were one of them. Were we? Young Rock debuted in the USA. I'm not going to answer that on the grounds I may incinerate myself. <laughs> I've, yeah, I, the, I watched Young it, Rock. Tony. Well, how did you watch it? It's not in Australia yet. Ah, uh, you know, with a VPN and stuff like that. You My VPN it. is in another country. Well, basically, yeah. You stole and, it. But I'll, when it airs in Australia, I'll watch it then. So they'll maybe I'll have to watch it twice to make up for the stolen. Surely one. it's not that good. It's better than the Big Show show. Yeah, by a lot, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, don't it's, you dare say that. <laughs> I know that was Tony's favorite show. Of, it was. Uh, 2020. Um, <laughs> no, it's good. It's fun. It's. Um, it's basically Dwayne Johnson sitting down with a reporter. Uh, I think it's 2032. Um, he's running for president. So it's how uh, I met your rock. Yeah, basically. And he's bringing up all different aspects of his life. It jumps around from him being you know, eight years old, 14. Um, and then in college, jumps around a bit, just telling different funny stories and anecdotes from the wrestling a- business and his life. And episode two will have a familiar face to Australian wrestling fans playing Ric Flair. It's got, yeah, it's got uh, Mark Wahlberg in the show. He's playing Ric Flair. So that's awesome. I know uh, Maddie put it on Instagram that it was uh, one of his idols. So that's, yeah, I'm looking forward to stealing episode two. All right. Fantastic stuff. Well done. Hey, guys, just very quickly, Joel Bateman rejoins us on the line. He must have forgotten to say something. Uh, are you there, Joel? I am. Did um did you get the news segment, Tony? Yes, we did, mate. You'd be so proud of us. It was absolutely oh. amazing. Wait until you hear it. Glad you got something right. The newsreader up and running, Eleni, and she's fantastic, and you're going to love it. I look forward to it. Mate, thank you for checking up on that one. I really appreciate it, and good luck with the show. Someone's going to keep you in check. Joel Bateman joining us again here on the turnbuckle. Let's finish up, guys, with uh, a couple of final things. Actually, our team, we, we're going to have a team meeting for te- our uh, WrestleBrainia. Well, I don't know if we... Yeah, well, I just want to know, what are we going to do? I have to win. Cheat. Oh, am I meant to say that? I'm definitely going to cheat. Study. Study well, hard. No, I'm no, going to cheat. So I think you need um, to be physically fit for start as well, because I know how much you're going to sweat up on stage. Physically fit? Yeah. So I think Gore's I need to already taken him through his paces, Tony. He's been getting yeah. fit for this for months with Gore. Oh, well, he has too. You're right. Um, yep. So do you have any ideas on what, what I can do? I was thinking mm-hmm. if we kidnap Jeff before the show and replace him with someone else who only asks questions that I know. Uh, kid, mm-hmm. Kidnapping's probably... Yeah, a bit harsh. Highly illegal. How about I break into Jeff's house the night before but and what, I get the Well, if we kidnap Jeff, like who's going to report him missing? That's, that's a good point. Uh, Except he won't be in the show the next day. So, 
I could get you Glenn, to, do it, I could get Glenn Ridge to replace him. Yes, you yeah. could. Yeah. All right, that's not a bad idea. Because right. um, because I reckon I'll be good at fast money. All right, well, I'm sure you'll be great at spending fast money. <laughs> Glenn Ridge presents WrestleMania. Yeah. All right, well, there's, there's uh, one option. Let's tell everyone what's on around the country this weekend. BCW returns to the Whitehorse Function Centre in Melbourne on Friday, the 26th of February. Saturday and, the... uh, in Sydney, sorry, the other one that I missed is PWA are running a show in Sydney. Um, it'll be on Fight TV. Some beautiful stuff. Saturday, the 27th of February, RCW Big Top Beatdown is on in Adelaide, part of the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Fantastic to have that uh, as part of the Fringe Festival. That's We've had that for a few years now, and that uh, is a big, big event for RCW. And on Sunday, the 28th of February, Kingdom Wrestling is on at Club Maitland in New South Wales. That wraps us up, boys. Thanks again for this week. Look forward to next week. Who we got? I don't know. Maybe Andy Coyne. We don't have Andy Coyne today. He didn't yeah, well, maybe turn up. Maybe for next week. Uh, maybe, maybe this week. Maybe, maybe just needed more than three days' notice. Well... We'll see how we go. Whoever we've got, I'm sure it'll be good. And we look forward to you joining us again next week right here on The Turnbuckle on mypodcasthouse.com.